There are times where your happiness is stolen. But there is a difference, a distinct difference between happiness and joy. There's a difference between being happy because the temporary is connected to our happiness where the joy is a source that is from a different location. Does that make sense? So as we talk about it, I want to drop that theme in in your mind and begin to resonate in your heart that throughout our life, at least the lifestyle, and we would even say the message and life of Christ stands at odds with the world's mindset. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, for the sake of this morning's message, we can use persecution as we will define it, but it's also when we feel pressed, when we feel pushed, when we feel like the odds are against us, when we get news that comes completely against sometimes what we think will happen, but also the nature of what we believe God does or wants to do through our lives. I mean, you think about it, we're, we're, just as Mel said, every Thursday, and again, we, do, we don't have enough time on a Sunday morning to share what God is doing over there. But to say this, there are people that pull in the parking lot each and every day that are persecuted, that are pushed, that are, are being squeezed. So you say, well, 2 Timothy says that. So how in the world did Paul make such a sweeping statement? Again, I'll read it again. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You see, Paul makes this statement based on the deep conviction about the nature of Christianity and the nature of people. He speaks to this tension, and if you've never walked in that tension, there is this fine line between that which the world draws you near and that which God says draw near to me. There is a tension that exists, the tension that is between the message and the way, the life of a follower of Christ on one side and the mindset and the way of life on the world as the other. You see, this conflict is inevitable. There's a cost to following Jesus, and he lets you know this straight up from the front. If you recall the last few weeks, we've been, we've been talking about the Beatitudes, and, and again, there's a structure to the Beatitudes. There are two groups of four, and each group ends with a reference to righteousness, and again, it's going to be on the screen. You can look at this. But I love where it says in the first group kind of ends with this in Matthew 5, 6, which we've covered in previous weeks. If you don't know what we're talking about or maybe for review and you're just kind of chilling during the day, go to our website. You can kind of review again. But it says Matthew 5, 6, it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. The second group ends with verse 10, and that will be our main text this morning. Again, leading up is on the screen. And it says, Matthew 5.10, it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, I'll make this statement. You can't just be right. You have to do right. 
And I want you to think about that, and we're going to become grammatically incorrect for just a moment. But doing right means you do, or, or at least living right, doing right means that you be right. Does that make sense? Because they're connected together. And again, that's our journey. That's our process. That's how we walk in life. So if you love kind of the study of, of the Word of God, you love theology, which I do, and you look into this and you start digging in deeper, you see the, the Beatitudes, the three Beatitudes that lead to hunger for righteousness and descriptions of a kind of holy emptiness, this thing that's missing within our life. Blessed are, again, reviewing, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn over their needy condition, the condition of just life and the plight of living and the hurts and the sorrows of life. And then it says, those who are meek, they hand their cause over to God. And they say, here, God, my life, who I am is yours. It's natural in these three descriptions of emptiness and need that should be followed by a description of hunger, of desire, saying there's something inside me that wants more, wants something. See, if you don't have something, you hunger for it. The next three Beatitudes are descriptions, not of emptiness, but of fullness, and I love this part. The hunger is beginning to be satisfied by an overflowing mercy, a pure heart, and a power like we talked about last week to make peace, to be a peacemaker. So the righteousness longed for in verse 6 is given in the form of mercy, purity, and peacemaking. But the result is persecution because of that very said righteousness. Does that make sense? So as you push in, as you go closer to God, as you begin to empty yourself, as you begin to just say, God, you are that which I'm going to serve and I'm going to love, and you give and you give and you give and you give and you become a peacemaker, all of a sudden then you begin to get squeezed, and that's where that persecution comes because of the righteousness. Does that make sense? But the result is persecution for this very righteousness. And you could say, well, we're going to talk about what that means to be persecuted. Jesus concludes his statement on what a blessed life looks like by telling his fathers that life in his kingdom will lead to suffering. Let me say it again, that as you push towards Christ, as you push towards him, there will be times where you will feel a little squeezed in on. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus was trying to gain followers, then it certainly would not help his chances. Can you imagine the sales pitch for just a moment? Follow me. Hey, I've got something for you guys to do. But if you choose to do this, you are signing up for a life of trials, a life of persecution, a life of challenges. Who wants to sign up? I mean, think about that. I don't know how many times I have conversations with people, and this is a very valid question. Why do bad things happen to me? Why didn't we get that grant? Can I be honest with you? There's really no good answers. 
But the answer that is sufficient, the answer that is satisfying, the answer that satisfies the hunger, okay? So hold on to that thought. That satisfies the hunger is that my God can. My God can. So let me point out something that must not be missed in our text this morning. Matthew 5.10. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now I'm going to ask you to participate with me, right? So God blesses those who are what? Persecuted. Okay, now hang there. God's action is to what? What is his action? To do what? Bless those who are? All right, so hold on to that thought, that thought for just a moment. We're going to stop there. God blesses those who are persecuted for, for doing what? Right. If you think about that for a moment, what does that mean? Not all persecuted people are blessed. Some people suffer for doing wrong. Some people suffer for the consequences or whatever. I would always say this. If you allow your children to run around in your house and stick fingers in the electrical outlets, there will be a consequence. But we can't say, oh, my little boy's being persecuted today. No, your little boy is getting shocked because you're not doing the parent thing. Right? Now, if they're 12 and 13 and they're bugging you, that's up to you, whatever you want to do at that point. Just kidding. Disclaimer, I'm not advising any children or parents to have their children stick fingers in electrical outlets. We do not endorse that here at Hope. <laughs> I heard yet. Maybe we can get the people that are giving out the grants. Like, here, play. no, just kidding. Just joking. Ha, ha, ha. But you think about when I read this scripture, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Because the truth is found in his word. Some are persecuted for reasons unrelated to righteousness. There are times where I was, oh, well, it's just because, you know, I'm following Jesus. When, to be honest with you, there are things in my life that I'm like, I got to get right before God. You see, Jesus wasn't offering a general blessing to all victims of persecution for any cause. He was offering, speaking to those who were persecuted for actively pursuing the kingdom of righteousness and because of their faith in Jesus. And I stress the word active. You see, righteousness means more than just being a good person. It refers to a complete orientation of life towards God and his will. Now, understand, we are not talking about perfection, but orientation. Because the first thing that others will say about you is this. Well, you have sins in your life. You have issues in your life. You quote to be a Christian, but I know you. That's why it's really hard. We're getting ready pretty soon here. It's kind of scary to think about that in a few, just a few weeks, we'll be around family. And for some of us, we will be around family that don't necessarily believe the way that we do. For some of you, brothers and sisters, you've grown up together and they say, well, you know, I know you kind of do that whole Jesus thing, but I know you. 
We're talking about orientation. We're talking about actively pursuing. The cool thing about Scripture is this, that in Romans 3.23, it says, For everyone, say that again, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's what glorious standard. We're all in this same boat. It doesn't matter. We will all fail. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be this offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That is the orientation. That is the heart's goal to say, God, I'm going to press in, and I failed this moment. I failed yesterday. The things in my life are not right, but my orientation is pointing towards you. I am not perfect, but I'm going to pursue you. I'm actively going to be engaged in you. See, God even forgives the sins we know about and the ones we don't. And you say, well, what do you mean? Psalms nineteen twelve. sometimes our memory is not so keen. He says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Don't be bound by your past. Don't let those words stick. When you feel persecuted, when you feel pushed, when you feel squeezed and you're saying, I don't know what to do, don't be bound by those things. If you've given your life to Christ, thank God for the forgiveness of all your sins. Orient yourself to the righteous life. So let's get back to our main text. Matthew 5.10. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You see, we typically think that the blessed life is one free from friction, resistance, and persecution. And we just say, you know what? Just be happy. Oh, hold on, guys. Not, we're not going to do that again. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, I worked at a place in my junior high, senior high years, and there was always this music that was playing. And I don't know about you, but there's always this, this theme or this thing, and you remember certain moments and certain times in life. But the thing is, you can't just be happy. Because I'm going to tell you, if your aim is just to be happy, you're going to be sad. In those moments of persecution, in those moments where you just feel so squeezed, that's not the aim, but the aim is to be fulfilled in the things of God so that when the news comes, you're still okay. You may be shaken for a moment. You may be frustrated for a moment. There may be times where you say, you know what, I don't understand these things, and I don't understand why we're doing what we're doing, and I don't understand. There are friends of mine that were praying saying, you know what, if I don't know within 30, 45 days, I don't know if I have a job. But if you remain faithful in the small things, you orient your life towards that which is righteous, God never fails. He never fails us. You see, persecution is a matter of perspective. And I thought about that just for a moment. Here in the United States, especially as being a Christian, I don't know that we feel persecution per se like the rest of the world. So I want to share just a little bit of perspective. 
And I'm going to read this because this is directly taken from uh, the resource that I got. It says, more than a quarter of a billion Christians currently face high levels of persecution. Again, that's a billion with the B. 260 million Christians experience significant persecution in 50 countries, a 6% increase from the previous year. In 2019, 2,983 Christians were killed for faith-related reasons. On average, eight Christians were killed every day for their faith last year. It goes on further, talking about 3,711 Christians were detained without trial, and 9,488 churches or Christian buildings were attacked. I'm going to tell you, that's persecution. But we want to talk about how it's hard and we got no prayer in schools and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, there are people who are determining that very day, do I get up, go outside my home or wherever it is that I live and go to an assembling of people. And if I do, I jeopardize my life because of the persecution that exists today. And you say, well, what are you saying to me today, right now? I'm going to tell you, we are blessed. I'm going to tell you that with our God on our side, there is nothing that we can't accomplish. I'm going to tell you that with the God on our side, we can, even in the times of persecution, in the times of trial, stand firm, stand bold, be courageous, and say, my God can. He can. James 1, 2, and if you haven't taken the time to read James, James is one of my favorite books because it really kind of puts perspective into my life. Years and years ago, I was meeting with someone that was mentoring me, and, you know, I would come in complaining about everything, right? And, he's, and here's exactly probably word for word kind of what he said. If you read the book of James, well, I haven't read the book of James. Thank you. He said, maybe you should. And it probably didn't, like, go run home. Well, let me read the book of James. Show up the next week. Did you read the book of James? Nope. He said, you know, if you're going to continue to come in here and grumble and complain, I'm not going to give you room for the complaints until you read the book of James. And here was my mindset. If you tell me that, does that mean I can complain once I read the book of James? James 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm somewhat of a sarcastic individual. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider, I'll consider it, an opportunity All right, I can do that for great joy. What in the world does that mean? And what he's saying is this, that when trials and tribulations and persecution come your way, hold on for just a moment that maybe in that situation, just maybe, there's something there. Consider it. I mean, how many of you go to the gym? Danny, where are you at? 
there was one day, if you don't know Danny, he's just in really good shape. And he was, he was over here worshiping. The light was hitting, and his arms were there. And I was like, man, does a dude have to wear short sleeves? And during worship, then, you know, you can say, well, you need to be a little more spiritual there, Pastor Chad. You're right, I do. But I was looking over at him, and he's like this, and I can't do it because I don't have him. But there's, there's this muscle right here that sticks out if you're working out. I'm like, come on, Danny. You're putting me to shame here. And then I look down, I'm like, nope, it is not there. And the point that I'm making is the only way that it's going to get there is you go to the gym. And you can't just go to the gym. I've tried this before. You can't just go to the gym and sit on the equipment and listen to music. There are people who do this. Well, where were you the last hour? I was at the gym. Good workout? Yep. Well, show me your arm. Do you have that little thing that pokes out right there? Because if you don't, you didn't do nothing. So I'm worshiping, and I'm like, Danny, come on, you're killing me, dude. So then I'm like, okay, I'll start. I did it. I think I've done, honestly, I can't twice since then. And that was like six months ago. We don't lie in here, right? <laughs> but you get my point. You know what's going to build that muscle? A little pain, a little sweat, a little discipline. I mean, I don't know about you, but pain, sweat, discipline, I don't know if i sign up for that. I'd rather just show up and say, do your thing, and it just happens. You walk out, and you know, some of the guys that walk around like this, where were you? I was at the gym. It takes effort. It doesn't feel good all the time. But there is a result which comes from that pain. Consider an opportunity for growth. Consider an opportunity for change. Consider it an opportunity because God does this. Not only does he change you, but he transforms you. Scripture is very clear over and over as we follow him, as we orient our lives in righteousness, that righteousness will be met with opposition. If you're not living that life and you say, well, I don't, I'm not finding opposition, then I challenge you to say how you live in your life. The scripture that backs it up, don't be hiding your light. It's another sermon. But see, when opposition comes, when trials come, when persecuted, consider an opportunity for great joy. And the big question here is, well, tell me why. I'm so glad that you asked. Because persecution and the trials and the things we go through in our life has its rewards. James doesn't stop in the previous scripture but continues on. For he says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I don't know about you, but I've stood in enough fire. I've stood in enough issues in my life to know that my God will not let me go. He doesn't. 
So as hard as it may be, I'm going to tell you to stand the course. Listen to the Spirit of God in your life. And if he says stand in the fire, then stand in the fire. If he says move, then move. But the point that I'm making is this, that he will work in you. And through that process, it may be building endurance. It may be stretching your faith. It may be growing that thing which is in you, which is Christ, to say, my God can. James 1.4 goes a little bit further. It says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, and I love that, that's when you get the thing that pokes out right here. It starts growing, right? It says you will be what? Perfect and complete, needing nothing. Talk about those people that we just shared with that were persecuted. Wow. I really thought about, I've thought about this a lot. What would I do? What would I do? And I'll be honest with you, I think the answer is we all, of course, I would do that. I would, I would show up. I would do. But this is the real deal. The worst that we encounter is, you know, where do we get coffee on the way to hope, Right? You see, opposition leads to blessing, persecution leads to fullness, sadness leads to joy, mourning leads to rejoicing. Our setbacks, our disappointments, the persecution that we may suffer, they are just temporary. It's just temporary. You can say, well, how do you, how do you know it's temporary? You know, we're, we're talking about eternal things, Right? that come into our life, but if we talk about eternal things that impact us, those things that, that, that have influence on us, do we want to talk about temporary or do we want to talk about forever? Because the truth of the matter, and I've already said this this morning, is we are blessed. We're blessed. See, another point I want to make this morning is this. We must look beyond the trial to the reward. Matthew chapter 5, we had our main, main text in chapter 10, but it goes on further in 11 and 12. It says, God blesses those. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. And again, that happiness is the blessed life. It's not the temporary happy, but it's, it's the forever happy. So be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. If you remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And really what he's saying is this. You know, I call this kind of the garage door culture and the microwave mentality. It's why we say that we are better together. It's why a group, groups of people are, are spread out throughout our community and, and meeting together safely. But I think about this scripture and, 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 and the things that we desire in our life. The temporary, the, the, the quick fixes and the solutions to our problems, the reward is further down the road doesn't mean that we're not blessed. 
because we are blessed today, right now. But what he's saying is there's a bigger, bigger reward down the road. You see, Jesus is directing our eyes to the prize. And I don't know about you, but I struggle with this. I struggle in the midst of my craziness for the prize, for the end. There were times throughout my life when I would sit in a doctor's office and they would say this and they would say this and they would say, well, if this happens, then this. And I would say that, honestly, I'd say, God, if, if I'm in the business of serving you, why can't you just deal with this? I'm sure Mel says, God, if, if I'm going to sacrifice my life and my time and my energy, time away from kids to serve this community, why can't you just do this? You see, we all have a story to tell. And we all have a thing that we could say at times and say, all of a sudden, you know, even in the midst of all that stuff, you know, we get caught up and get caught up and we get caught up and we get caught up and God is saying this, look to me. Look to me. You see, each of these beatitude statements direct us to a reward despite the challenge we may face as we follow Jesus. Each one of them, read back through them throughout this week. It said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Why? Because that which is, is pursuing God, actively pursuing him. As you do that, your, your eyes are then fixed on him. The reward is coming. We're reminded that our life on this earth matters, but there is a greater reward in heaven. This truth will give us boldness and courage to face life right in the face to say, bring it on. Because I won't back down. I won't stop. I will be courageous. Whatever comes my way, my God can. My God can. I was thinking of the story. We do this every week almost. We partake in communion. And I was, I was you know, again, have you ever tried to take a, a, a Bible story and put yourself there and just kind of, you know, what was that like? What were the disciples thinking? But in the middle of the night, here's what I was thinking about. So what was Jesus thinking? Because if you review or rewind that story a little bit, there were a lot of things that were said against him. He was definitely persecuted. And he stood in front of a group of people, and it's kind of one of those things. I mean, imagine it. You show up for your birthday and going, hey, guys. And you know that all your friends are like, you know, well, this one, like, you know, you're going you're gonna to disown me and, you know, all these other things. And he's like, but let's break bread together.
I remember going to North Central University in the 90s and um, knowing that I loved God but didn't know what to do. <laughs> like a Christian thing of raising your hands in worship, that was a little weird for me. And then they wanted to gather. I've said this before. I'm not like, you know, they can kind of, let's come together. We do, we do this a lot. We used to do this a lot. Come together and hold hands and let's pray together. I didn't want anything to do with that. Because I didn't understand. You see, my eyes were on myself and my eyes were on the situations. My eye wasn't on the reward. Jesus tells his followers that as we live out our Christian life, we will meet resistance. But that he is always faithful. Jesus calls this, as we've been pointing out for weeks now, Jesus calls this the blessed life. Things been happening over and over and over. This is not some new thing. But this is something that we experience as followers. You see, in this aspect of suffering, we're given an opportunity to be like Jesus and find our hope and rest in his kingdom alone. So this is what I want us to do. I'm going to pray. And then as we finish the prayer together, I want you to grab your elements. If you don't have, or we're not given this this morning in just a moment, they're in the back. You just raise your hand real quick before we go further if you need this. Do you remember in the beginning of the message I said that doing right is connected to being right? If you do right, you'll be right. If I can just be kind of really to the point of what I want to say to you in this moment. God is calling you to more. God is calling you to something higher. God is calling you to something that is different from yesterday. And you say, well, what do you mean? Because God is in the business of changing us. He's in the business of transforming us. He's in the business of moving you, not necessarily out of your trials, but moving you through your trials. So as I said earlier, stand in the fire, trust God, believe that his life, his plan in you is perfect it is perfect so what I want to do is I'm going to pray after prayer I'm going to ask that you get both your elements ready and then we're going to lead you in this uh, song together and then we're going to celebrate transformation we're going to celebrate if you say you know what you don't understand the fire they were saying, here's the whole beauty of better together. It's not only is God with you, but you have a group of people.
people that will stand with you. I don't care if you've been attending Hope for six years, six hours, or today you just walked in and you're like, holy cow, what is this church about? Let me answer what this church is about. It's about Jesus Christ changing us and compelling us to reach a city because we have the answer. It doesn't matter what you're going through in your life. It doesn't matter the things that stand against you. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your checking account. It matters most that God is with you. Amen? So let's pray. Father, your word is very clear. It says, blessed are those. So today I pray that you find a group of people who will orient their life towards you that will not necessarily project or proclaim to be perfect but father we say let your will be done i pray father today right now regardless if we stand in the fire or we stand on the other side we are blessed you are able and you can so in just a moment as we begin to partake in communion together We're going to celebrate what you've done for us, and then we're going to celebrate the transformation together. In your name, we pray.